Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. The reason we have Encouragement Cafe is twofold, really, to find time to get together with our girlfriends. And it's also to encourage one another and share things that might draw us closer to one another and to God. So right now, Rachel, I want to kind of focus in on that because this is the season where, you know, in theory, it's all about Jesus and it's all about getting together with family and coming closer and but then it kind of sneaks up on us and we we find ourselves running around like crazy people during the season and we miss some really great opportunities. It's crazy. In December, there's the holidays, but life doesn't really stop. We just have to sort of fit the holidays and all of its to do in alongside our normal lives, you know, our dentist appointments and our, our kids' practices and our, our jobs. So it does get super busy, you know, it gets extra busy. And so sometimes, even though we're doing all of this in the name of Jesus is the reason for the season, sometimes we don't even have time for Jesus. But you know what? I don't think we're the first ones. I think everybody kind of struggles with finding room for Jesus, even all the way back to the innkeeper. I mean, the innkeeper did not have room for Jesus. And he kind of gave him the leftovers, gave him the barn. Too many times in my life, I give him the leftovers and I give him what's my energy spent. I'm running. And don't you see all these good things I'm doing, God? But I don't really take time for him. So I want to focus on how we can really enjoy this season of finding Jesus in the Christmas season. And I want to lay out some clear ideas of how we can maybe do that. Now, one, my girlfriend I had lunch with the other day, she said that she is taking a verse every day during the month of December. She's taking a verse and she's pulling a word out of it and then turning it into action. She read the, the story of Jesus's birth and she took the part that says, the government would be on his shoulders. And she said, you know, I think today I'm going to focus on praying for all of the people in government from my, my city to my county to my state to the country. I'm going to take it upon myself to really do something. And the next day it was, you know, helping someone. And she was going to try to focus in on being a helper to others. So every day she's taking a verse and turning it into some type of action. There are lots of Advent uh, devotionals out there. I know there are Advent Bible plans on, you know, um, websites and apps like Bible Gateway. So I love that idea of finding something that you're going to read through this month and then pulling a word out of each each of those readings and saying, okay, God, what can I do about this today? Mm-hmm. That's so important. I because um, as we were saying, you know, never mind December, January through November, we're so busy. But sometimes we don't live out our faith. 
we nurture it, uh, you know, we read our devotions or we go to, to church perhaps, but we don't really live it out. So I love her idea for how to actually put faith in action in some small way every day. Well, you know, there is a question that I try to ask myself when I when I look at that innkeeper and I say, oh, what in the world? You know, he could have made this story so much better if he would have just made room for Jesus. Because, you know, I'll tell you a story that happened to my husband and I. We were backpacking in Europe with my brother and his wife. And we ended up in the town of Fusen, Germany. And when I say we ended up there, my brother and my husband decided it would be great and a great adventure if we would just go to this castle with no reservations. They just thought we could just, you know, show up. So we end up getting to Fusen, Germany, and there are no rooms in the inn, literally. The, every hotel room is booked, and the train station is closing. And it's 10 o'clock at night, and we're in a town that we know nothing about, except for the fact that I had read this little um, Rick Steves traveling book and knew that there was a bed and breakfast somewhere in that town that was run by a woman who was American. So I was wondering, how in the world would we find her? Well, as God would have it, there's a couple walking down the street, and they have the Rick Steves book in their hand. So I grab them, and I say, hey, we're American, (laughs) and we need a place to stay. They said, oh, we're staying at Suzanne's Bed and Breakfast. I said, oh, could you take us there? So we go there, and out in the front says, no vacancies. And we knock on the door, and she comes to the door. She's this big, burly woman. And uh, like three times the size of my husband. And she walks uh, to the door and she says, can you not read the sign? And I said, well, yes, ma'am, but we're we're in a situation here that we need help. We have come to Fusen and we don't have reservations. She said, what? Who comes to Fusen, Germany with no reservations? And I said, I know, I know we shouldn't have done it, but here we are. We're on your front porch. Can you please find room for us? And she said, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. So she goes in, she calls all of the people in town to see if anyone has a room. And she comes out and said, I don't, I don't, I cannot find a room. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. And I'm looking like with my big sad eyes and I'm like, please, please don't turn us out. And she said, well, my husband and I have rented our room out because there were no rooms left. So he and I put a tent up in the backyard. I guess we could sleep on the couch and the love seat if you guys want to take the tent. And I said, we'll take it. We'll take it. So here we are in Fusen, Germany, in the middle of nowhere, in the backyard, in a tent with my brother and his wife and Dwight and I. And we had not eaten. We had baguettes in our hand. And just as we get inside this tent, it just begins to pour down rain. And we look at each other and we start laughing. And we're like, wow. You know, she just protected us from all the elements, and there was no room in the end, but Suzanne did find some room for us. So when I think about the innkeeper not having room for Jesus, I'm like, but the story could have been so much better. It could have been so great if you would have just let him in. Think of how you could have changed so many things that you could tell your friends and family going forward. Hey, the Savior of the world stayed in my house. But at this point, I look at myself and I say, wow, Luann, are you putting Jesus out in a tent? Are you 
leaving room for him at all, or are you making sure that he has first place in your life? First of all, you have the best stories. (laughs) That's hysterical. I can't believe you run across somebody holding the guide at the moment you need to find the place. That was so God. That was so God. (laughs) Yes, it was. Uh, Second of all, I love this, this sort of question of, you know, are you putting Jesus out in the barn (laughs) or are you putting Jesus out in the tent? Like that kind of hits me. As I said, I was putting up my Christmas tree yesterday, making my house all ready for the holidays. So am I getting the house all ready for Christmas while sticking Jesus out in the backyard in a tent? Mm -hmm. Because I don't have time for him or don't have room for him with all of my plans. Definitely a question I want to carry with me. And then your point about, you know, the story could be so much better Well, it could be so much better for the innkeeper in that, you know, had Jesus stayed there, he probably could have doubled his rates, you know, (laughs) about 30 years later, once, you know, once Jesus had turned water into wine and forgiven people's sins and healed the blind, you know, he definitely could have doubled his rates after having, um, you know, you you could rent the king's room, you know, that kind of thing. Uh At the same time, isn't that like, isn't that just like God, you know, to come in in the most humblest of circumstances? Well, and one of the things that I try to do during the holidays, and it's so tough because I love to have people over and, you know, we're hosting three parties, one for the neighborhood, one for uh, our radio station, and then one for Encouragement Cafe team along with, you know, celebrating Christmas with family. So I Mm -hmm. I just love it. I love, love, love that. However, one of the things that God clearly tells me to do in this season is to set my schedule so I have margins of time. Mm -hmm. And this morning was a good example of that. We had a bunch of people at our house last night. And so this morning I got up, I had my coffee, I sat with the sun rays just beating down through the window as I sat there and read his word and just meditated on what he did for me, what he did for you, and how he shows up in our life in in amazing ways that we, if we just take the time to let God just soak in in those quiet moments before the day gets started, before we rush in to life, if we just let that soak in how amazing he is and how much he must love us to send his son to be born in a stable so that we could have this wonderful life. You know, God tells us that we can have joy and we can have abundant life because he sent his son to make us right. You know, we could never be right on our own. He has to come and create in us a, a clean heart, a new, a new person. And when he does that, all things are better. But sometimes we forget that. We race through the day, and we don't really let it soak in. And when I mm-hmm. let it soak in, Rachel, it just it bubbles up and out and overwhelms me with a love I can't really describe. It, you know, when I look at my grandkids... I just get this overwhelming love that makes me tear up. I look at them and they'll, they'll say, I, you know, my little two-year-old Luke says, I love you, mama. And, you know, I'm just (laughs) like, I'm butter. I'm melted butter in, in the kid's hand. And I think how much more 
I feel even more than that when I allow that margin of time with Jesus in the morning to just soak in. It's those moments that help me to remember that Jesus really is in the middle of this season. I can picture you. I can absolutely picture you in the morning, this morning, with your coffee mug and your Bible um, towards the back of the house with the sun streaming in. I can so picture that. And to me, that is what it means to make room for Christ. You know, to make room for Christ is to make time for Christ. To make room for Christ is to slow down and focus in and connect with Him and to let Him restore your soul. Uh, Because no amount of, of glitter and bows and eggnog can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's there's the m- most important thing is, first of all, making margins in our schedule so that we absolutely can sit with Jesus and allow Him to fill us and speak to us and share moments with Him. There's, that's number one, I believe, mm-hmm. before anything mm-hmm. else. But then the other part of that is, In this season, we have to focus on the things that really matter and say no to the things that don't. And boy, we can all get pulled in to things that we really have no business being involved in. And it's, you know, it's kind of like saying, okay, I know I could do that and I'm very capable of doing that, but that's really not the best choice for me right now. I need to learn how to say no and say yes 100% to the things that help me to grow in my relationship with Jesus. You know, I just had a conversation with a, a good friend yesterday about this because we have this wonderful thing called the internet with this even more wonderful thing called social media where you can see everything that all of your friends and neighbors are doing all the time. So there are lots of people in our friend group that are doing all kinds of great things for Advent. They're doing things with their kids, activities with their families daily, you know, things with their church, and they're posting about it and putting pictures up about it. And that's great. That's terrific. I'm excited to see, um, you know, my friends and family taking the time to making room for what's important, like you say. But what can happen when you're watching this is you can suddenly feel like, well, I need to, you know, do the prayer walk every Friday like she's doing, and I need to get that Advent calendar like they've got and do that with my kids. And, oh, look, they're doing a holiday baking day with the grandkids. I need to do that. You know, like you can, you suddenly, you like, you know, hashtag making memories, hashtag reason for the season, hashtag, ah, I can't do it all. So I, I love that. On the one hand, yes, don't, you know, don't let the season go by without marking it. But on the other hand, don't turn your life upside down trying to do everything you, you see done or everything you could think to do. Because it is an overwhelmingly busy time. I, I pass this church on the way to my house every day that says on December 10th, there's an elf workshop. That's what it says on the, the sign outside. I have no idea what an elf <laughs> workshop is. And I'm probably too old for it. But every time I pass that sign, something in my brain says, I'm going to go to the elf workshop. <laughs> what do I do there? I want to know. I like elves. <laughs> um, so I have no 
anybody that was at church was doing, but you know, that's how, that's how I am. You know, I see something on a sign or something advertised that, you know, that's how I am. So I'm like, let's go to the Elf Workshop and the Celtic Woman Concert and hashtag make memories. And, but um, I can absolutely run myself and my family, you know, ragged in the process. So one of the things I, I learned to do um, when my kids were younger, when they were very young, I ran us all ragged for a couple of Christmases trying to do everything. And then one of the things I learned to do was um, at the beginning of December, I would ask every person in my family, what is just one thing? If we only did one thing, you know, to, to mark this Christmas, to celebrate this Christmas, what would you want that to be? Mm. Um, and then I just committed to make that one thing happen for each of my family members. And if we did more, you know, that was gravy. That was great. You know, so some one year my daughter wanted to go see the Nutcracker. So that's what we did. Another year she wanted to make gingerbread cookies. So that's what we did. But we didn't go to the Nutcracker and make gingerbread cookies every year. You know, we didn't pile on more and more. We just, um, I just asked what would make this Christmas meaningful for you? And we did that one thing for each of them. I love that. And that, is making memories. And, you know, it's a really great point about social media. It it can be wonderful to keep in touch with people, but for me, I don't get on it as much as everybody tells me I should. So one thing that I want us all to throw out of our vocabulary during Christmas is the word should, because I think that that gives us the uh, permission to not have to keep up with anybody else. No, no keeping up with the Joneses, no doing what, you know, someone tells us we should do. It's what, you know, you determine what's best for you, for your family and for your relationship with Jesus. It's all about, you know, just making sure that you are, um, fulfilling the things that God has in store for you, not what you see on someone else's Facebook page. So mm-hmm. let's leave the shoulds uh, in the background and not bring them into this month. I think here we go. So far, Rachel, we've talked about setting margins of time for Jesus, number one. And then we we're talking about what to say no to and how to pick the, the things that matter. You said that very well. I'll tell you another way that I think it shows um, where my heart is, for me, is how I spend during this season. And this, the years that I make sure that I listen to where God wants me to help someone monetarily are the years that I really feel like I, I did it right. You know, there are so many mm-hmm. times after the season's over, I'm like, oh man, I meant to do this and I meant to do that. And I didn't, I didn't get it done. If I, in my quiet time, in my margin of time with God, I say, Lord, would you open my heart, clean me out because Let's just admit it. We've got a lot of garbage in there that doesn't need to be there. So if we we just ask him to create in us a clean heart, Psalm 51, um, and then with that clean heart to to have his characteristics in our life 
especially during this season. And his characteristics were all about giving. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm always trying to heighten my senses and say, Lord, who is it that's in my life right now that you want me to notice? Because I'll tell you, there are a million angel trees and all those things are great. But I'll tell you, there are people in your life that will never tell you because they're too proud or they're too embarrassed or whatever. They won't tell you that they need help. But if you pay attention and you become a good listener and you ask God to make you keenly aware of those folks that are in need this season, maybe it's more than just a meal. Maybe it's they need their electric bill paid. Maybe they need Christmas gifts for their kids and they just know that they can't put anything under the tree. Uh, But they would never ask for help. So I always ask God to give me that sensibility where I can uh, really understand his spirit. And I'll tell you, I don't always do it. And I don't, you know, if when I'm racing, I don't allow that to happen. And I know there have been missed opportunities. I, for instance, I'm just going to confess right here. My husband and I were out to eat. And there was a lady sitting alone at a table next to us. And she kept talking to us as if we were her long-lost friends. And it was my mine and my husband's kind of date night, evening out. And I mm-hmm. really was like, well, I don't want to pay attention to her right now, Lord. I want to pay attention <laughs> to my husband. But, you know, when I left the restaurant... God just gave me such a check in my heart, like she was lonely. And I set her next to you and you did nothing. Mm-hmm. And man, I was convicted. And so I don't like that feeling. And God is a good God when he disciplines me because he wants me to pay attention. And there are people that he puts in our life every day that he says, oh, I can trust Rachel. I can trust Luann to pay attention because they've asked me to make them sensitive to these things that I'm going to prompt them to do. And then when when I miss it, it's like I missed a gift. You know, I missed that moment. And so one of the ways that I want to make sure I'm Keeping Jesus in the season is by really paying attention and taking the the gifts that he's given me, the monetary gifts that he's given me, and the even just talking to a perfect stranger, whatever it is that the people around me need, I want to be able to help fill those needs. Yeah, that reminds me of the um, the passage in the Gospels in, in Matthew 10 and, and uh, Mark 9, I think it is, you know, where, where Jesus is saying, you know, if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to a child, um, you know, they are my disciple. And truly, I tell you, that person will not lose their reward. Um, you know, so it sometimes it doesn't have to be anything large or grand, Um just, you know, having eyes open and um, being willing to, to share and to give and to help. 
Well, I hope that this season is one for you that you will always remember. So as we leave you today, I just want to encourage you to make room to give God that margin so that he can speak to you and then share those thoughts and those times with your family and let them know that this time of the year is so important to get us back into the spirit of Christmas. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.